Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert floating around as a producer. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and needs. They've got it all. Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, football futures, Vegas casino games, poker. They've got everything you can imagine. Head on over to the website. It's super easy to use. You can use your desktop or your mobile device, sign up. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And Kyle, this is a real happy to you because I know this is something that you subscribe to every day, but we just get to celebrate it today. It is okay. happy, happy, no, <laughs> happy national, no dirty dishes day. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, I, I can't deal with if I if I enter all, our entire second floor is an open floor plan, right? So if I'm anywhere <laughs> on the second floor of the house and I walk past it, and I know there's dishes in there. Like the OCD in me just immediately triggers. I have to do it. Bottles it. has been a I've big adjustment, it. but I try to compartmentalize like adult side of the sink versus kid <laughs> side of the sink. And that that's how I'm making do. So thank you. Happy No Dirty Dishes yeah. Day to you as well. Big, big holiday for you. Yeah. Okay. We, we've got a loaded concept here. We are going to examine each roster in the NFL. Not today, but we're going to get through a, a chunk of them today. And we want to find the biggest hole, the biggest remaining hole for every single team. And for some teams, they'll probably have to live with it and make do. For others, maybe there's an answer coming based on the stuff we talked about over the last couple of days where you know there's some good players to be had on offense and defense still in free agency. Some of those have been scooped up, right? James Bradbury's now an eagle. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Chris Ballard, listener of the show, he signed with, uh, uh, with the Colts. And poor went out for Max Borgie, very short-lived tenure there with the Colts. Uh, yeah, but uh, we're going to focus McCaffrey on the – 2.0 didn't last too long, did he? Y- y- you, know, you know, I got a feeling – that was always a ridiculous statement. So we're going to go NFC East and AFC East today and find the biggest hole on every roster. And I'm sure nobody will take any exception with what we point out. So this should be fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I just want to be clear up front, and I want to make sure I point this out to Chris because Chris, I don't want Chris to give me feedback after the show and be like, hey, you dunce, why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm going to use my phone to have the rosters up because I don't want to have multiple tabs running oh, simultaneously. God. Chris and I have recently ignited an absolute deep-rooted hatred for Google Chrome because it my computer cannot handle more than one tab 
when Google Chrome is running. It completely melts down. So I have Google Chrome up and I'm running this on Google Chrome because all of my browsing history to be able to pull up the meeting link and so on and so forth. It's all very readily accessible there. I haven't changed browsers yet. So I'm going to have to have a separate device to pull up the rosters as we go. Chris, I want you to know that's why if I'm looking down, it's because I'm Googling the next team up that we're going to talk about. I just wanted to be very transparent about that now. We'll allow it. Okay, great. So let you start with the Bills. You know the Bills? Yeah. Looking at Why the don't roster, we go in the finishing biggest... order of the AFC and NFC East from last year, and go in that order. Okay, I guess you want me to say you... something for the Bills, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you, I say you, something, I... this is this is hard, and and like I'm not trying to be like gloaty or whatever, but the Bills roster is really good. Um, I think the the thing that gives me the most concern about this team entering the season. Maybe it's still cornerback, and that really just comes back down to Tredavious White and where he's at with his recovery. Um, you know, well, ACL tear, an unproven asset. Yeah, you know, like so he, that, that's he, has, he still has to play. He still has to play, and you have Trey White, who's you know, it's a nine to twelve month recovery. He had surgery in early December, puts the start of the season in jeopardy, and so I mean, there's a chance you're rolling with a rookie in Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson as the guy opposite of him, and you've got some really good receivers on your schedule in the first six weeks of the season before you know Trey White would come off the pup if that's the plan. So I, I still think it's corner. I'm not sure there's an answer coming. Maybe they'll sign a veteran like we talked about yesterday on the podcast, but I, it's, it's Tredavious White. If he's not ready to go in week one, it, it's the cornerback position. Can I just jump in here real quick? I just want to let everybody know the 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 – genesis of this idea that we're doing on the show today because ESPN did a story where they went through each one of these teams and they gave what they thought their needs were. I told the guys that they had done this and the guys were like, oh, we'll do it. We'll come up with our own version of this and we'll, and we'll do it live. We'll do it live and we'll and we'll take it a step further and we'll explore if there's an answer in free agency or if there's an answer on the roster. So I know that story is out there and I don't want anyone to think that we just totally copied it it is the genesis of the idea and the guys have not seen the story they are doing it off the cuff thank you Christoph. um yeah i would probably if i were to point to my biggest question with buffalo it would be the departure of some of the coaches right and how they handle that transition but obviously that's not the root of the question we're answering right now so yes from a personnel perspective i think depth at corner and recovery of trey white leaves the cornerback position as the most prominent question that I have okay New England Patriots they finished second um I'll let you go first can here. I say corner here too say whatever you want man like anything on the perimeter on either side of the ball I think wide receivers <laughs> and corners are, are I, I see the the vision for being strong up the middle obviously they have a lot of depth at safety to play in the secondary some guys that have some versatility but oh, the departure of J.C. Jackson and the guys that they went out and got to replace him in the draft, they're very different kinds of players. Um, and then a wide receiver for Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker to be your resolution at wide receiver is just – I'm left still wanting a little bit more from them, and I would point to those two areas as my biggest holes uh, on the Patriots roster as things currently stand. So this is challenging because I, I think we were desiring a level of specificity with our approach here. Like, what's that thing that you look at? 
And I would say linebacker comes to question for me. Juwan Bentley, Mac Wilson, mm. your your starters. Uh, that that leaves something to be desired, especially because that position's been important for New England forever. But I just feel like this roster in general, it just doesn't have any star power. It doesn't have any needle movers to me. Like when you look at this thing up and down as an opposing team, what are you sitting here saying? Oh boy, we got to deal with that. I mean, what is it? Who are the the star players on this football team? I have a hard time finding them, and so I think it's so your biggest you want me star power. It, I think that's fair. Now this team, I, I, they have seventy million dollars, right? They have seventy million dollars in cap space next year, and, and so they're going to have another big influx of personnel. But the last time the Patriots were loaded with cap space, I don't think they had as, enough to show for what they were able to get done. So I, I, just, I just feel like this, this roster is lacking big-time talent. Okay. Let's talk about um, the Miami, Miami Dolphins, who finished third in the AFC East last year and had nine wins to show for it. First team in NFL history with seven consecutive losses and then seven consecutive wins in the same season. So that was fun, and by fun, I mean horrible to sit through. Um and endure as somebody who's very close to the team. But I look at Miami now, and I still think, and when they chose to invest heavily and push all their chips in for a couple of premier splash players in Toronto Armstead and Tyreek Hill, like, yeah, you needed that influx on the offensive side of the ball. I look at two positions in the middle, and I just don't know what the ceiling is for these two positions in the here and now. Now, fortunately, the, us saying we're going to go a step further based the genesis of the, the idea for today's show was, well, we can talk about resolutions that are still out there. And I think about the linebacker position, the inside linebacker. I know they drafted Channing Tindall, but is he ready year one to usurp Elan and Roberts as the inside linebacker and take more snaps, I don't know. Uh, but I thought they got a really good player versus the scheme they kind of want to run. And then I do think on the interior offensive line, Michael Dieter, it's just the sample size is so small. You you don't have a great deal of confidence there for what you have uh, as far as a starting center. I think he's going to be above average. I just don't know with certainty. But J.C. Treader's out there. We mentioned... Alexander Johnson yesterday on the show at linebacker. Like, I think there's some candidates in the Dolphins, even after paying Melvin, or they haven't technically signed him yet, but having agreed to turn to Melvin Ingram, they're going to have a little bit of cap space where I think they are a team that could continue to add a piece or two for veteran players here as we get closer to camp. I think the biggest hole on this roster is clearly speed at receiver. Just don't have any, you know, <laughs> just Jesus did you hear Christ, what, did you hear what McDa- McDaniel said yesterday on the press conference? I watched this. I mean, I, I watched the whole thing. So he talked about the miles per hour and how he wouldn't prevent yeah, them so from racing and guys, all that stuff. Multiple yeah. guys tracking at 22 miles per hour and GPS yeah. tracking at practice. Yeah. That's for somebody who's never had anything offensively to bat your eye at for the last 10 years. Like that's super <laughs> exciting. Uh, I'll say the biggest hole I'll, I'll, make it more specific and it be the right tackle thing. And I think there's answers potentially in Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson, but they've never played right tackle. And they both have a lot to prove based on what they've shown so far bad in the play. NFL. And so you can be honest, it was yeah. bad play. <laughs> so, the, but it, 
again, I, I think the the coaching, the infrastructure, the offense has not lended itself very favorably for them to develop. Obviously, a much better situation right now. So to me, it's it's that right tackle spot. I I'm high on on Dieter, man. I think he's going to be a good player at center. It's the right. I tackle like him too. I like Dieter too, and I thought he played pretty well. It it was just the sample size of nine games. I think we have to work with is just. We've we've heard all offseason they're going to add more competition at center. They're going to have more competition at center. Well, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. It, it, maybe this is fair to say because maybe there's people yelling at us right now that's like, hey, you guys didn't mention Tua. What we're doing right now is we're not bringing up the biggest question. This is the biggest hole. The, Tua is their quarterback, right? Like, And yes, and the, lots going to hinge on – room is addressed. With Teddy Bridgewater too. for sure. But it's like that's the biggest question, but it's not the biggest hole. So for anybody that thinks Tua was worthy of a mention there, like I'm so tired they of have discourse. Yeah. I'm so tired of it. Exa- if if you think he stinks, everything he does, you're gonna point to and laugh. If you think he's good, mm-hmm. you're gonna get excited about what you see right now. It's all let's get some new information before we That's a good way to put it. Throw mud or, or throw a parade, please. Um Jets. J E T S. The Jets. The biggest hole. I mean, it's a complete team, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going with offensive tackle. There was no need for that, Joseph. There was no need for Chris, that. Chris, your appetite for Jets banter right now is not well, in a good place. That but that's fine. But you didn't have to take a pot shot. You could have just been like, Yeah, they got some they got some things they gotta work I did that because of what you said the last few days. To me, the biggest hole on this football team is offensive tackle. I think they are gambling with Mikai Becton and George Fant, right? Like George Fant had a good year last year. Well, congratulations. That's the first time that's ever happened. And now you're in a contract year and you're counting on Mikai Becton to come in and be something when there's question marks galore there. Now, that's a high ceiling potential, but it's also a huge risk. And I think that's crazy that they didn't do anything besides draft Max Mitchell in the fourth round to help this offensive tackle situation. So to me, it's offensive tackle. Um, I mean, if we get a healthy version of Carl Lawson, I feel pretty good about what you have up front between Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson and um, John Franklin Myers. And then, you know, including the interior guys, Quinn and Williams and Solomon Thomas. And like, you're pretty good up front defensively. I like that defensive line. I think there's plenty of upside there to tap into. Uh, I do think the linebacker group is not great. And I do think the corner room, despite the fact that you did sign DJ Reed and the fact that you did bring in Sauce Gardner with a, a, your top pick, like you just how many good corners do you feel like you need? And obviously, you're a terrible person to ask, Joe, because Buffalo's been rolling <laughs> with corner for like five uh, you years need now. One, you just need one, right? <laughs> Ideally, how many good corners would you have? I'd have three. Right, I feel like they have like one and a half right now. Like we need, we still need to see it from Sauce Gardner. Obviously, it's a big jump in level of competition. DJ Reed is a good player, but it's not like wow, we're really we got we're rolling with lockdown corners. You know what I know? The corner, the positional value in this defense has been something that's been a debate. But the Jets just told you what they thought of the quarterback room because they drafted Sauce Gardner with their first pick. So I think the back seven is the area that I would point to. And kind of in the same light as us mentioning Tua, like, yeah, Zach Wilson's development is the biggest question for the team. But I still think the biggest hole is in the back seven on defense and how much they have there, how versatile that's going to allow you to be uh, moving forward. 
So I, I would say the back seven for the Jets. Did you know most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used auto approved to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he's saved with auto approved, he's sitting behind the third base dugout instead of the bleachers. Auto approved connects vehicle owners with their best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork. Yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How? By instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with auto approve, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the best deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, auto approve was able to save their customers on average over $150 a month. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new Jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners that refinance through auto approve, they'll send you $100 cash to your mailbox. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level. When you refinance with auto approve, put more money in your pocket for what matters most to find out how much you could save and to claim your $100 cash back offer. Visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. Did Dallas win the NFC East? I'm pretty sure that's true, right? Dallas did win the NFC East. They lost at home to San Francisco in the wild card round. And Philly played at Tampa and got shellacked. So those were our two playoff teams from the, the NFC East. So we'll do the Dallas Cowboys first. Um, okay. <laughs> let me... Do you have anything that jumps out to you? I think I have mine, yeah. but I just want to make sure I pull something up real quick just to confirm my priors. I got a couple things. Um, I don't love their safety situation, but because I'm, uh, I believe in helping units starting with the first level and then working back on defense. I look at this defensive tackle situation and Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, Bayo Digizua. Uh, I, I just feel like they're lacking size up front. You know, if I'm playing Dallas, I am going to challenge their ability to anchor and be stout up front. Um, I know that Demarcus Lawrence might be the best run stopping defensive end in the NFL, but <laughs> you got a lot of other guys here that leave something to be desired. Now I love John Ridgeway. I think that's a great pick in the fifth round to help answer some of those questions. I just feel like they need more around him. So I, I just, I don't th- think this team has the size and run stoppers up front uh, that they that they need. I think that's their biggest hole. Uh, I would point to whatever offensive line spot Tyler Smith doesn't play. Obviously, when you lose Lyle Collins and, and you lose Connor Williams in the same offseason, and Dallas fans will scoff and be like, dude, Connor Williams had like 18 million holding penalties this year. Like, he stinks. Like, okay, that's fine. It, it's a huge outlier as far as the penalties go. Dallas's offensive line has always kind of been the engine for this offense for the past five or six years. And when it has been good, everything works. You run the ball and then you get all the the mismatch one-on-one opportunities in the passing game. And I understand like Terrence Steele played reasonably (laughs) well in stretches, but like my expectation should just be higher than that. So if Tyler Smith's going to play right tackle, 
then I have questions at left guard. If Tyler Smith can play left guard, then I have questions at right tackle because I really want that to be as solid as possible up front. And when you lose those two guys and Travis Frederick retires in an 18-month stretch of time, like you're going to have some change and you're going to have some turnover. And that's that's what I would point to for for Dallas. Now, the good news is we mentioned several offensive linemen that we were surprised to still see available in free agency. So I do think there are some names they, they could potentially go after. They are a team <laughs> that has implemented quite a bit. Like imagine for them signing Daryl Williams. Do it yesterday. That's a perfect right tackle right. for them. Right. I would love Darren Williams at right tackle and put Tyler Smith at guard where he's got bumps right. on both sides of him. Would, would it would change that. your entire perception of it. Right. So there you go. And, and there's a resolution for Dallas. So that's that's what I would do. But I'm me. And obviously, Will McClay has been very good with player personnel and deserves some benefit of the doubt. And if he's going to trust Terrence Steele, then I guess we'll see. Philadelphia. Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. No, we're a little out of order, but uh, I I can go. I can go. To me, I I with with James Bradbury now at corner opposite of Darius Slay, who's coming off a really good season. My eyes shift to the safety situation where you're looking at Anthony mm-hmm. Harris, Kayvon Wallace as your starters. I think they're both upgradable. Um, neither difference maker type players. That's where I would. I mean, and and to Philly's credit, they're putting themselves in, in really good shape to not have a whole lot of holes and be able to attack something like that next year with multiple first-round picks, you know, or if they want to do the quarterback thing, whatever they want to do. But um, safety for me, especially if N'Kobe Dean could be an answer. Like, N'Kobe Dean and Kaiser White might be a really good linebacker tandem, especially behind that defensive line. I go to the safety pair. Yeah, if you, if you get N'Kobe, man, I, I watched the coaching clinic from the Georgia linebackers coach and he was talking about everything that Georgia did this past year with modern linebacker play and third down value. And every time he would pull stuff up and he would have practice clips and them going through drills. Right. And it was like Quay and Channing. And it was like, man, I'd really like to have him be a little bit more like this, but you can see with how dynamic he is, it still works. Everything when did Kobe was like, yeah, that's textbook. Yeah, that's textbook. Yeah, that's textbook. So you get the relief that that that's going to be in front of him. And yeah, he's not as good of an athlete as the other two guys are, but he's one of the most high IQ football players from this year's draft class, period. And his fundamentals, like, okay, maybe he's not all pro potential from an athletic profile perspective, but like football IQ at linebacker, like if you can beat guys to spots and he's really good at like reducing his surface area and stuff like that to, to slip blocks, there's plenty of pathways for him to be an impactful player. And him and Kaiser White is a huge upgrade over what they had last year, right? So, and plus you have whatever developmental upside exists with Davion Taylor, who was a third round yeah. pick, who was, he wasn't like a track and field guy. Yeah. And then started playing football. <laughs> like, and they drafted him in the third round. So they, they've got athletes on the second level. Uh, I agree with that free safety spot. Man, I would love to see them get a ball hawk playing there. Get somebody who can really fly to the football and attack and help help you manufacture turnovers. If you got that. But I guess the thought process is probably we're going to play a lot of too high. So we don't need that that ball hawk. So go get a, go get somebody who makes plays on the football at safety. I think I agree with you as that being the biggest hole. The Washington Commanders. 
the football team. <laughs> this might um, be safety. As oh, well. I, I, th- I thought you were saying the biggest hole was their football team. I, I didn't know what you were doing there. Oh, no, it's the stadium. Come on, Chris. Chris's floating back in moments today have been questionable at best. Yeah, so you have Bobby McCain at, at free safety. They drafted Percy Butler in the fourth round to play teams for you. Cameron Curl was impressive as a rookie, as right? A rookie. That was his big yeah. year. Yeah, as a yeah. rookie. Like out of nowhere. I, I get where you're going. We're speaking the same language here. Linebacker's um, not great either. Holcomb I, you know, I was just getting Jamie ready to, to, to tee over. I know Holcomb's been a productive player from like a tackles perspective, but we know tackles isn't a great measure and metric of effectiveness at linebacker play. If you're making tackle seven yards downfield, it's not great. So, you know, Jamin Davis hopefully alleviates some of that need, but I would probably point to the second level is just that's been a very unproductive relative to what high production on film looks like. I understand there's been a lot of tackles made by Cole Holcomb, but I think there's a lot of room to improve. And, and I think Bobby McCain somebody who has a little bit of man-to-man versatility, used to be a slot corner for the Dolphins. I'd be more prone to give him a little bit more leniency there uh, and point to the linebacker room as the the area that's the biggest hole. Can we say middle of the back seven of the defense? <laughs> yeah, up the middle. Just say up the middle. Uh, behind but just the, the back the seven because they're, they're, they're good up front. Allen and Payne and see what, all those guys. You think guys. they're going to end up trading Deron Payne before the start of the season? I wouldn't. I'd want to keep him. I wouldn't either, but I drafted Fidari Mathis with the top 50 pick. So <laughs> I'll tell you who is not I didn't of, draft Fidari Mathis with the top 50 listen, pick. <laughs> this is not the kind of football team that I think you, you should be investing top 50 picks into a year in advance. Right? I get some teams you have the ability to do that. Right. I, didn't, I don't see that role for this team, you know? And I think they'll be fine on the offensive line. Like Sam Cosme's got to take another step forward, but like they signed Trey Turner, they signed Andrew yeah. Norwell, they Charles Leno Jr. is a perfectly fine offensive tackle, yep. and Rule Eight Center, like they're fine yeah, up front. Group. Yeah, um, maybe tight end too. Can we call out tight end? Logan I know Logan Thomas, Thomas is like back off bright flashes, but is that enough? Injured. Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would say if I picked an offensive side of the ball. Spot would be tight end. Last up, New York Giants. Man, what a weird team this is, especially because they had Super 11 weird. draft picks. And they're, they're a team that's obviously like year one of a massive transition from right. like every component of this operation is going to look different. So, I mean, this might be one of those teams that like after next year, there's like three players that are left from the 2020 one roster or something like that. Right. I, I go to the offensive line with this team, Kyle. Um, I like Andrew Thomas. I, I like Evan Neal as a young offensive tackle, but that middle three is real questionable. Uh, Shane Lemieux, John Feliciano, Lewinsky's Mark okay. Lewinsky. Yeah, but what, how okay. weird was that last year that he was rotating with like Chris Reed for the Colts? Like that didn't make sense to me. I, I there's got to be something to it, but like that trio, I, I mean, that's really below average. Maybe Feliciano will be a good player at center. I think that'll help him. Lemuza, I mean, maybe it'll be Max Garcia, Ben Bredesen, Jamil Douglas. There's a lot of I players. I think he's you who beats out Shane Lemieux. 
he's probably a better player. I, I would agree with you there. But whatever, however you get to these three interior offensive linemen, I think it's going to be a below average trio. Do you think we'll see Nick Gates this year? Remember, Nick Gates had the real ugly injury. I hope so. Last man. year, yeah, but he, he was like, coming on. He played re- he played reasonably well when he was on the field, right? So, right. I hope we do. I don't know that we will. I would point specifically to center. I wouldn't feel great about Ben Bredesen and John Feliciano as my one-two combination of contenders to start at center. I'm at least willing to give Glowinski a free agent add and easy you do as a third-round pick, like some benefit of the doubt. But it's that third spot for me that just like that jumps out. And as somebody who has a quarterback who doesn't handle interior pressure particularly well from a ball security standpoint, yeah, he's he's going to get it this year. So because that's uh, the thing with Feliciano, he's he's a good run blocker, but pass blocking the lateral mobility, it's not really there. Okay, so we we've settled on Feliciano then. That's yeah, you you don't. I, I get it. You you don't want to throw too much shade on him as a former bill, but no, I think he, and he, he might be better at center. I think he will. I think his best, his best games yeah. in Buffalo were when he played center, to be honest with you. So hmm. I guess we'll find out, but interior offensive line is where we're, we're looking for the giants. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Chris real quick. He's checked out, didn't he? No, there he is. Hey, Chris, uh, how many overlap with the ESPN story? Uh, you, you didn't have many. You didn't have many. You guys kind of went off the grid a little bit. They also had corner for the Eagles, so they clearly wrote the story before Bradbury signed with them this morning. So you guys got a little bit of a, of a head start there. Um, you, the AFC East was fun because I think you only got one. You only matched one, and it was the Patriots. Because you mentioned you mentioned linebacker in the, in the part of your discourse. So it was a good time. So Joe bailed us out. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. Thanks to our friends at Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Make it a good one. Thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.